Hi, I'm John Foley, and welcome to the Cloud Database Report podcast, where we discuss the exploding world of big data and the platforms and services that companies use to manage terabytes, petabytes, and exabytes of data in the cloud. Each week, we discuss the latest developments in the cloud database market and talk to industry experts about the trends, challenges, and opportunities they see. Today's guest is Andy Gutmans, GM and VP of Engineering for Databases at Google Cloud. Andy is responsible for development of Bigtable, Cloud SQL, Firestore, Spanner, and other Google Cloud database technologies. Before joining Google, Andy was at AWS, where he was also deeply involved in databases and related technologies. On this podcast, I talked to Andy about cloud database trends, his priorities, and two of my favorite topics, database migrations and data clouds. We'll get to that conversation momentarily, but first a note from our sponsor, InterSystems. InterSystems is a creative database technology provider and the engine behind the world's most important applications, providing innovative data solutions for organizations with critical needs, such as those in healthcare, financial services, and logistics. The InterSystems IRIS data platform addresses interoperability, speed, and scalability empowering global organizations to build high-performance machine learning-enabled applications. Through smart data fabrics, InterSystems connects data across organizations and enables them to maximize their existing technology investments. InterSystems is committed to excellence through its award-winning 24 by 7 support for customers and partners in more than 80 countries. Learn more at InterSystems.com. Our guest today is Andy Gutmans, GM and VP of Engineering for Databases at Google Cloud, which of course offers a wide range of cloud databases, including BigQuery, Bigtable, Cloud SQL, Spanner, and others. Andy is an accomplished and widely respected technologist in the database world. I talked to Andy not long ago during Google's Data Cloud Summit, where the company introduced a new data fabric, a data replication service, and other new capabilities much of which we will discuss here today. Andy, welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you again. Great, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Hey, Andy, so I'd like to start with kind of a big picture. Um, Everywhere I look, there's so much going on with cloud databases and uh, tremendous momentum. And certainly there's no shortage of new product development and customer activity at Google Cloud. Uh, what What are the things you're focused on here at the midpoint of the year? Yeah, I think, you know, when I look at the meta picture, uh, you know, by next year, 75% of databases will be in the cloud. Uh, And actually by revenue, that will be 50% of of global database revenue, uh, which is, uh, these are stats from Gartner, and they actually accelerated that stat by over a year, just, you know, versus last year. So we're really seeing a huge acceleration of database workloads in the cloud. Uh, you know, 92 cents on every dollar of new database spend is in the cloud. And that, that explains that, you know, just tremendous acceleration. And it's actually pretty staggering if you think that um, databases, including the very expensive ones like Oracle and SQL Server, right, and DB2, uh, have been put on premises for over 40 years. So the fact that, you know, we're at this tipping point of databases in the cloud is just pretty phenomenal. Um, and, you know, this is really being driven by enterprises' interest, right, to digitally transform, build new customer experiences, 
uh, gained the efficiencies of the cloud, the agility of the cloud. And really, you know, as every industry is transforming, uh, customers really uh, believe and, you know, find the cloud to be that uh, fuel, right, that helps them to digitally transform. I think that transition into the cloud is a three-step, I think of it as a three-step journey, kind of the, you know, ultimately everyone wants to transform, but there's also reality to the 40 years of databases on premise. Um, and so I think about this as a three-step journey of, you know, migration, which is kind of lift and shift, just run the same thing in the cloud. And then you get the benefits of Kubernetes and the whole ecosystem around to kind of build these new applications modernization, which is, you know, migrating to kind of more open engines from proprietary engines, and then the transformational side where you truly, you know, start to build cloud native applications with new kinds of capabilities that you haven't been able to build before. Yeah, well, you know, that Gartner forecast uh, got people's attention, right? Uh, because it really did speak to this uh, incredible acceleration um, and I guess, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of things to, that, that uh, can speak to that. You mentioned, uh, you know, it's both migration, it's both moving existing databases uh, to the cloud, and then it's also creating new, new workloads, new databases in the cloud. Um, uh, how are you seeing that at Google Cloud? Yeah, so we're, we're definitely seeing a tremendous acceleration of what I call homogeneous migrations, right, which is lift and shift, whether that's MySQL, Postgres, SQL Server, or Oracle. And that's really, you know, customers are trying to shut off their existing data centers or just trying to move their center of, you know, data gravity into the cloud so they can start innovating, you know, with that data. Um, and so that is, I would say, where we're seeing a lot of the activity. Uh, you know, we just launched database migration service in May, which really helps is a serverless experience to, to enable that lift and shift. Um, and so that's getting tremendous traction. Uh, surprisingly, we're also seeing uh, quite a lot of uh, migrations from other cloud providers. So it's not only from on-premises. I think we're also seeing more and more customers going and adopting multiple cloud platforms. And so that's another kind of... Uh, interesting uh, space for us. So that's homogeneous migrations. The other thing we're seeing is more and more enterprise customers really wanting to adopt open APIs and open source. And so we're seeing, you know, customers trying to, you know, move away from the more expensive proprietary vendors such as Oracle, SQL Server, typically going to Postgres because Postgres is just an awesome target for these, you know, um, kind of enterprise workloads. And so we've seen quite a bit of heterogeneous migrations on that front. And then in some cases, you know, some customers who are more ambitious, they tell me, hey, we just want to skip the first two stages. Like we don't want to just lift and shift. We want to rebuild the application in a transformative way. Uh, and that's when they'll go right directly to these cloud native databases such as Spanner, Bigtable, Firestore, uh, which have very unique capabilities versus the kind of more old school uh, databases. You know, Andy, uh, lift and shift sounds easy, right? And I know that sometimes when we talk about database migrations, um, they they can be relatively fast and easy. You you hear about uh, organizations that are able to move databases in a matter of days, if not a matter of hours. But there's like the other side of the coin here is um, that sometimes it can be 
more complex than that. You know, um, Frank Slootman, the CEO of Snowflake, uh, you know, talked on one of the earnings calls about how database migrations can take six months or longer. Um, and so, you know, that's, um, you know, that's the more complicated uh, projects. Why is it that some database migrations are, are relatively easy and others are such a pain? That's a great question. You know, I think when you're thinking about the homogeneous migrations, which is really like for like, right? You're moving MySQL on-premises to MySQL in the cloud or Postgres to Postgres. You know, with a service like database migration service that we launched, which is completely serverless, kind of super simple to use, the actual migration of the database is actually pretty easy. However, I always say, you know, behind every database, there's at least one application. And so it's not just about migrating the database, it's also migrating your application servers, your load balancing, your network topology. So there's definitely, I would say, an application-wide view that you need to take, but still you can usually move those applications relatively quickly. What he was probably talking about, given that, you know, coming from Snowflake, he was probably talking more about heterogeneous migrations, which are, you know, probably like Teradata and, you know, other, other migrations. And that's, that's kind of in the same camp as the Oracle or SQL server to Postgres that I mentioned before. Yeah. Those migrations can be more difficult. Uh, what we do is we work with customers with uh, using tools that can actually assess you know, how complex the database, uh, the usage of kind of the, you know, Oracle platform or SQL Server platform is. And, you know, initially we go after the low complexity, right? And, and those can move pretty quickly, but definitely if you have very high complexity applications, I think, you know, you, it could take six months uh, depending on the application. Yeah, and, and by, by more complex, I think we would also include in that the data types and the amount of data being moved as well. Um, you know, sometimes you get into these petabyte uh, scale uh, data warehouses um, and there's some customization that's gone into building them and that would further complicate the whole process. Correct. Yep. So, um, so let's, um, Andy, you mentioned uh, the database migration service. So um, maybe we could just spend a minute on that because that seems to be uh, one of the key tools uh, that uh, Google Cloud customers would use for this kind of work. Yeah, so we, we just launched a database migration service, which is, uh, you know, right now really focused on homogeneous migrations. Um, right now supports MySQL Postgres and SQL servers coming pretty soon. And uh, we took a bit of a unique approach uh, versus uh, other vendors in the market. Where we said, you know, we will really focus on using the database's native replication capabilities and do everything in a very serverless manner. Uh, and so the, you know, we think the experience we've delivered is just super simple. And we've seen a tremendous amount of migrations, you know, since we launched that. Uh, the other piece, you know, that we're of course, uh, you know, working with partners on and focused on our thing, our heterogeneous migrations. And, the, and there we use a combination of third-party tools and then some of our first-party tools. Uh, we also launched a new service called DataStream, uh, which actually is a change data capture service. So we can actually take you know, Oracle or MySQL um, and not just do a one-time uh, one replication, but we can actually do ongoing replication from those databases. So if you're in a heterogeneous migration, 
kind of situation, you can you can keep on running your existing system while you're kind of figuring out your you know your target uh, system, and switch over only when uh, you know you know you're completely ready for it. Yeah, so I think that you know you mentioned data stream and third-party tools. So I think that it's fair to say that um, a strategy, right, um, a, a, an overall strategy for database migration most likely will include a whole suite of um, services and tools that are going to help you help you with all these different aspects of it correct and you know there is no one size fits all there isn't a single button you know you can click uh, and and frankly in many cases you know the heterogeneous migrations do require some level of application knowledge and so that's why we work very closely also with our you know customers partners because those partners often know the applications really well and can actually help, you know, drive those migrations. Yeah, this is what I often see as being one of the real advantages of cloud databases is the ability to bring in these tools, including third-party tools, um, to basically uh, create an overall data management environment uh, in the cloud. Uh, it seems a little, it seems considerably easier to, to take kind of a full-fledged approach to that in the cloud, in a cloud environment when you have a, a data kind of platform approach. Um, and I think that that uh, is gonna be pretty important here in the database migration, um, in, in, the, in database migrations. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think, you know, it's uh, once you migrate your database, it's just the beginning, right? Um, the reason why customers do that is because they then get this, you know, the access to all these other data services and AI and ML services, and they really get themselves into a great position for innovation. So while the migration is a very important part, it's really the, you know, it's not the, it's not the final end result or the final goal. It's an interim step towards you know much bigger transformation yeah and and andy that that leads me to the next thing i want i want to talk to you about which which are data clouds so we're hearing more the phrase data clouds used more in the industry uh, google cloud is one of the cloud providers that's talking about them my take is that data clouds are a higher level concept than say a data warehouse or a data lake. Um, can you give give us your uh, take on what a data cloud is? Is it is it really something new? That's a great question. You know, I think uh, the term data cloud kind of emerged, you know, within the analytics space, uh, and I actually see this a bit different. And, and maybe I should describe kind of how I think about it based on just taking a representative scenario that a customer may want to implement. So let's say that you want to build an e-commerce app, right? There's a few things you need to do. First of all, you need to be able to take orders, right? So you need a, you need a transactional system. And given that, you know, you want to be the next Amazon, right? <laughs> you need to make sure you have global footprint, you're always available and so on. And so you're going to want the global always on kind of transactional database. But then in addition, right, you're going to want that application to be a bit smarter and do the right level of personalization and targeting. And so you may use a different database that is more adept to that kind of uh, management. You know, in our world, that would be Bigtable. Like if, if, if Spanner will be the global transactional, 
these, you know, Bigtable would be great for kind of personalization. Then from there, you, you want to make decisions around inventory or, you know, which products are selling well. So you want to, you want to run analytics. So you may, you know, you may want to run those analytics on a product like BigQuery. Uh, and then from there, right, you may want to take a lot of that personalization and transaction data and, and also train AI and ML models uh, to do things like fraud detection, right? So when I think about, you know, what are our customers actually trying to achieve, right? They're trying to reinvent their businesses, build these transformative applications, and then derive much smarter insights, right? To, to, to drive revenue and efficiencies. And if you look at the way customers have had to do this today, they've had to do all the plumbing themselves, right? They've taken these kind of individual products and a lot of the work is actually not on the business logic and on the kind of innovative customer experience side, it's really on the plumbing. And so the way I think about the data cloud is how do we you know, get to the point where we enable these journeys and these kind of more sophisticated applications and data, you know, data-driven applications, but take away the need to do all the plumbing from our customers. And so I think about it a bit bro more broadly than some of these vendors have talked about, because a lot of them are kind of, kind of just from a pure analytical side. I think that unless you have operational, analytical, AI and ML, all in the same experience and pre-integrated and, and easy to use, you don't really have a great data cloud. And I would say, admittedly, we're just on the journey right now. You know, we have not delivered everything we want to deliver. I think we have a pretty compelling vision of how we think we can make that journey a lot easier for our customers. And that's, uh, you know, that's what we're really working on is, you know, reduce the need to do the plumbing and enable our customers just to deliver business value. So just sticking with the data cloud um, concept for a minute here, first of all, in my own mind, integration, which you mentioned, would be really important um, because you're, you know, a data cloud just kind of implies that you're, you're, you're stitching together, weaving together data from across an enterprise. Let's just put it that way. Um, and like you said, um, you know, the plumbing is an important part of that. Uh, do you, uh, Andy? Is um, you know, uh, I guess. Would you say that businesses in general, um, organizations are, are, are early uh, on the adoption curve in, in terms of moving to this, this, this kind of all encompassing model? I think they're early on the adoption curve, but they definitely, you know, there's a high level of interest in already kind of existing investments, right? Because what customers are really trying to do is on one hand, democratize access to the data, right? Whether that's for data engineers or data scientists or developers, right, business analysts, you name it. But at the same time, right, they have to make sure that data is secure, it's compliant, it's governed, right? And so there is a, you know, this need of having to, on one hand, break down the data silos. On the other hand, though, you know, while you make it accessible, really make sure that that data is secured and governed, really makes this a top priority for, you know, I'd, I'd say for the majority of large enterprises, because that's really the fuel, right, for this, these next generation business models. Now, Andy, you and I have been talking about this for a few minutes here, and I don't think either one of us have used the term multi-cloud or hybrid cloud yet, but I think it's fair to say that uh, both of those um, 
both of those cloud models uh, are probably part of this discussion as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we definitely have customers who, for lots of reasons, can't move all their estates, you know, from on-premises to the cloud. So they need to make sure that, you know, both their on-premises and cloud environments work very well together. That's definitely something that we put focus on. And, you know, we have things like Interconnect. We have, a, of course, Anthos. You know, we have a number of uh, investments that, that enable customers in that front. I would say on the multi-cloud side, you know, it really depends on the customer. There is this kind of tension, right, between best of breed and just kind of make things easy versus, you know, being able to, you know, leverage the benefits of multiple clouds. Uh, our goal is to support both, uh, right? So, for example, we launched BigQuery Omni, which allows uh, BigQuery to also analyze data on AWS. Uh, you know, we announced the same support for Azure. So... We're just going to take a very customer-centric approach and make sure that our customers, you know, feel like they've got an open platform, they can run where they want, and, and they can make that choice, right? In some cases, they're going to use open source as kind of a, you know, across multiple environments. In some cases, they're going to want to use best-of-breed purpose-built systems like Spanner, right, that give a level of availability and global consistency that you really can't get, you know, with any other system. Yeah. Um, Andy, I, I, as we wrap up here, you know, um, I, I, would, I would invite you and ask you to give us a sense of what's ahead. Uh, here we are at kind of the midpoint in 2021. What should we be looking for from Google Cloud and, and databases in the second half of the year? You know, first of all, migrations continues to be top of mind. As you've seen, we've made quite a bit of investments and, you know, we're seeing just a lot of migrations, you know, into Google Cloud. And, and so we want to support our customers there and support them not only with the technology, but also with the right, you know, business model and, 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 and making sure their partners feel supported. So there's a whole, you know, stream around migrations and that's across uh, the board. And, uh, you know, the second thing is con continuing to strengthen our enterprise capabilities whether that's security, governance, HA, DR, you know, these things are always top of mind. And so we have a lot of investments in just continuing to, um, you know, harden our services and make sure they meet all the enterprise requirements. And then I would say the last thing, you know, for me, and this is something I'm really passionate about, is the developer experience. You know, ultimately, um, as I said before, you know, behind every database or in front of every database, there's an application and developers are building very transformative applications. Our goal is to really democratize um, the ability to build these transformative applications. And so you're going to see more, you know, on that front from us. You know, one, one recent announcement we made on that front is, you know, Spanner is, you know, the most differentiated database, in my opinion, in the market. But it was not that accessible. Uh, a developer had to pay $650 a month, a minimum, right as an entry point just because spanner was so sophisticated we we had a hard time um you know making that you know providing some kind of smaller instance of, of spanner just to, given the level of sophistication and our team has really innovated and we actually just announced you know access to spanner at a tenth of the cost so developers can now start with you know 65 dollars a month build, you know, build a mobile application as an example. And if it takes off overnight, Spanner has this capability to basically scale, you know, 
as much as needed. So I think the democratizing and enabling that developer experience um, is just super critical to us. And we're going to continue to invest heavily there. Sounds great. Thank you, Andy. And um, uh, this gives us a, uh, something to look forward to uh, as we head into the, the, you know, the second half of the year. Of course, we're already in it, but you know, through the, through the rest of the year. So, so thank you. That's it for this episode of the Cloud Database Report podcast. A special thanks to Andy Gutmans with Google Cloud for joining us and to all of our listeners. You can find the Cloud Database Report on the Cloud Wars website and be sure to sign up for the free Cloud Database Report newsletter. Until next time, take care, everyone. I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.